0: Welcome back to Fun on Weekdays podcast. If you're a new listener, I am Jenna. If you are here from last year, thanks for still being here. It's a new year, which means we are able to just kind of forget everything that happened in 2021 and have a fresh new perspective of the year. And if you listen to my most recent episode with my sister, I think it's a really great reminder of just how precious life is and A reminder that you can always change your perspective of life. All it takes is the conscious effort to do so. So I'm excited for this week's episode because I put out on my podcast Instagram page, which if you don't follow it yet, please follow it. I'm at 19.1K and my goal is to get to 20K. I just, I know that like followers aren't, it's just a number, but I hate when people say that because followers aren't just a number. Followers are people that support me. And I think that's really, really cool. I think, it's, I think it's a good thing to have goals and benchmarks. So hitting 20K will be a huge benchmark for me. I'm really excited for that. And I think it'll come sooner than later. Um, oh, before I start about this week's episode, actually, I wanted to touch base on last week. I know I ended the episode talking about fun on week dates without giving you literally any details about how that's gonna work. And I know I said, oh, this might be an empty promise. Well, guess what guys, it's not. (laughs) Unlike a lot of other promises I make, I'm actually gonna follow through with this one. So basically the way that it's gonna work is I put out a video on TikTok. If you haven't seen it, basically, um, I have over 150 submissions so far, which is insane. So, okay, gosh, I'm jumping ahead so much. So basically, my sister is single. If you listened to the last episode, we kind of talked about it a little bit. She hasn't had a lot of luck. Dating in Lakewood, and I don't even think it's Lakewood itself. I think she's not having luck because she's not picking the right people. And I think I know her better than she knows herself. So we're gonna do a little social experiment, and I am going to pick people for her to date, and we're gonna see if, if it works out. And if it does, then amazing. And maybe I'll start doing this as like a little mini series. So basically, um, if you think that there is somebody in your life, a brother, a cousin. Um, Somebody actually submitted their uncle, (laughs) Um, who else, a best friend, a boyfriend's best friend that you wanna submit to date my sister. You're gonna go to my podcast Instagram page, go to the link tree in my bio, and then there is an application link. And it's just a Google form, fill that out. Please ask whoever you're submitting for permission before you do it, because the worst thing would be if I'm like, okay, cool, I picked all the guys and then they're all like, no, I'm not doing this. And I'm like, wait. Back to the drawing board. So you're gonna submit them. And basically what's gonna happen from there is I myself, am going to pick 10 guys based on the answers that you have given me, based off of all of the information. If I think that they're compatible, I'm gonna pick 10 guys. And then I'm going to do a recording where I get all of those 10 guys on a separate Zoom with me. And they're all gonna get five minutes. So it'll be like an hour long podcast. And I'm gonna ask them all the same like two to three questions. I think it's integral to ask them the same questions so we can see how they answer them. Because if I ask them all different questions, like how do you compare them? So then after that episode, where we ask them those questions, we're gonna put it out to the public. So you guys will all be able to vote on who you think is the most compatible for my sister. And my followers and listeners are going to get to pick one guy that moves on to like the next round. So it's kind of like a little DIY bachelorette, if you will. I don't want her going on national television. um, So I'm like, oh, let's just go on my national podcast instead. (laughs) So, okay, so after the 10 guys, this is how we're gonna pick. It's gonna be narrowed down to five. I'm going to pick somebody. My parents are gonna pick somebody. My sister Sydney and her husband are gonna pick someone. Y'all are gonna pick someone. And I think the last person that I'm gonna get to pick are like my grandparents. Um, so that's gonna narrow it down to five guys. After the five guys, we're gonna get to ask them more in depth questions to get to know them a little bit more. And then they're gonna ask me a question or something. I'm gonna figure it out. I might give them like a task where they have to come up with a poem or something. I don't know. I'm gonna think through that part. So after the five, and at this point, Erin has no say in who is going to move on to the next round, right? So like, this is all us picking someone for her. So after the five people, it's going to be narrowed down to three. This is her chance to pick one guy that she really wants to meet. And then I'm going to pick somebody and you guys are going to pick somebody. After the final three, this is when I'm going to get Aaron and the guys on a Zoom together. And I'm going to like facilitate a little speed dating, if you will. After that episode, it's going to be down to the finale, the final, what should we use instead of a rose? I don't know. I have no idea, I'll think through that. I'll think that through too. It'll be down to the final episode where um, the public, all of you guys, I'm gonna put out like a form and everybody's gonna be able to vote just one time who they think is the best fit for my sister. And depending on who wins, I'm going to get my sister and that guy together, regardless of where they live, it could be, I mean, I don't know, I might get them together in like Chicago or Austin or Cleveland. It just really depends on where the person lives. So you can submit anybody who lives anywhere and at the end of it, they are going to go on an actual date. So if you wanna submit somebody, I suggest asking them first if they're down for it. Um, And yeah, I think it's gonna be really fun. Honestly, my family's been talking about this for a while. We're like, maybe we should take matters into our own hands. So that's exactly what I'm doing. Using my platform for good, right? Love in 2022 is what I'm looking for. Maybe a brother-in-law, who knows? All right, so now switching gears, we're gonna talk about this week's episode, which is all about post-grad, navigating life after college, after school. It's such a weird point in your life. There's so many changes and it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm I'm an adult, but I don't feel like I am, but I'm expected to be one. And so this week I put out a question on my podcast Instagram page. And I said, what topics do y'all want me to talk about? And this was one of them. And I thought it was really fitting too because I know a lot of my listeners are in college. And so this point right now, when I was a senior in college was when I was applying to a lot of jobs and I was just starting to really envision like what I wanted my life to be after college. And looking back now, I put so much stress on having a set plan because I had in my mind, I'm like, when you graduate college, you're supposed to get up and move and leave and get a job right away and i put a lot of stress of that expectation on myself and now looking back i'm like that's just that's not realistic so many people do not do that and i think more people actually stay in their hometown they stay in their college town they get a temporary job you know they save money and they don't just up and move and i think the number one thing to keep in mind is that post grad life looks different to everyone and comparing yourself and where you're at is like the worst thing that you can do for yourself so my first question when i was going through like a little bit of an outline trying to figure out what i wanted to talk about today i was thinking what even is postgrad like how many years after you graduate are you still considered in your postgrad years i mean technically when you're 40 years old if you went to college you're still in your postgrad but then i was thinking about it and i'm like i truly think your postgrad years are like it's kind of like your middle 20s um and i think that there's this expectation that the year after you graduate college you have a year and then after that year of working at your job you just you know what you're doing and that's so not true i'm 24 i'm going to turn 25 this year my sister's 26 turning 27 i know people who are, are like approaching their 30s and the one thing i've learned is that nobody knows what they're doing And once you think that you've navigated post-grad life, you're just gonna have another stage of your life to navigate. You're gonna have to navigate marriage. And then after, once you finally figured that out, you're gonna be thrown another curveball, And now you're gonna have to navigate a family. And once you've finally got that under lock and you've raised your kids and you finally know what you're doing, they're gonna graduate, they're gonna go off to college, they're gonna go and live their own life, and you're going to be empty nesters. And then you're going to have to navigate that whole period of the time that you don't have kids until the time that you retire. And then you retire and you're like, oh my gosh, now I have to navigate this whole new point of my life where I don't have a job. I'm doing anything that I want to do for myself. But then, yeah, you're, you're budgeting a little bit differently because you're living off of that 401k. So then you have to navigate that. And I think we have to remind ourselves don't put so much pressure on trying to find the exact route because there isn't one. And everybody's post-grad life experience looks completely, completely different. After I graduated college, I had about two and a half months that I lived at home um, until I came and moved to Austin. And I think during that time, I was still navigating like the post-grad life um, in just a different way. I was living at home with my parents, which was great because I was saving money but I was also navigating trying to set like new boundaries because the boundaries that I had living at home when I was in high school was, I have to be home by 11.30 p.m. I'm not allowed to sleep over my boyfriend's house, which I can't do that now, but. <laughs> um, and I, I think that we have to remind ourselves that it's okay to not know what you're doing for a little bit of time. There are so many people. It, that you graduate and like you just don't know what you want to do and that's perfectly okay you can work at a local bar you can bartend you can live at home you can spend time applying to different jobs and i think that the second that you start comparing where you're at and you start um determining your own success based on other people's paths is where you go wrong because comparison is the thief of joy and i know you've heard this from Tinks. you've heard this from so many different podcasts from so many different people and it's something that i just truly truly believe in i think that the grass is always greener on the other side when say myself when i first moved to austin i would look at people who were still in my hometown like all of my friends and i would be like oh i wish i was them because they all get to hang out they all get to spend time together I I have FOMO. I don't have like my set group of friends here anymore. And it was really hard for me to watch that. And for me to watch them like save their money and just do things for fun that they haven't had a chance to do because they were busy with school. Meanwhile, I just up and started a job right away. And then I feel like I kind of gave up that time where the in-between And so I would look at them and and be jealous of that. And then even now I look at people who are 23 and engaged and married and have kids. And I'm like, I want that. And I think if I were to get so fixated on, I want that and I don't have that, I wouldn't be grateful for where I'm at right now. And so reminding yourself that everybody is on a completely different trajectory of life is the key. And Tinks also said this in, other, in another podcast. I think it was with um, Lauren Bostic. I want to say it was on The Skinny Confidential. She said that it's important that you know you have friends that are on different wavelengths, but that you can be happy for them and you can celebrate their successes and you can be excited if they get engaged, even if you're not and you're you know living your life or vice versa. I think that it's important to surround yourself with people that celebrate those same successes because that's a success as a friend group and it's not just like an individual success. Comparison is a thief of joy in the fact that everybody's doing different things and that doesn't mean that you can't not be friends with people just because you're not on the same wavelength. Like you can't just because your friends are living in your hometown doesn't mean that because you're living in a new city that you're not on the same wavelength and you can't still be friends. And I think that you don't have to understand what somebody's going through, but you can still support them during that time and be encouraging of them because that's what you would want them to do for you, right? Exactly. Okay, so another thing that I mentioned before is that I don't think that there's any way to successfully navigate post-grad life. Um, 20s are your time to not know what you're doing. So I think it's funny because when I was in high school, I used to look at people in college and think, wow, they're so mature and like they're going to classes to study what they're going to do as a profession. They know what they're doing. And then I got to college and I'm like, uh, no, I'm going to Sigma Chi every single weekend. I'm drinking UV blues. (laughs) Like I drink, okay, that was a lie. I've drank a UV blue, like maybe two, three times max, but you get what I'm saying. Once I was actually in that position, I was like, wow, they definitely don't have it figured out. And when I was in college, I looked at people who were 23, 24, 25. And I was like, at that point in my life, I'm going to be settled down. I'm going to have a steady career. I'm going to know what I'm doing. I'm now 24 and I still don't know what I'm doing. And I think that's the key is recognizing that it doesn't matter how old you are. Even my parents, they don't know what they're doing. They think about retirement. They think about having grandchildren and their plans and their expectations of the future change based on life circumstances. So, like I said, once you think you figured it out, and I'm finally at the stage now where I'm like, okay, cool, like post-grad, I've finally settled down in a city, I've made a home, I've made my group of friends, I feel confident in my career. Once you get to that point, it's like life senses that and it's like, BAM! I'm gonna hit you with a curveball, and I'm gonna keep you on your toes, and I'm gonna make you change your perspective and make you grow and evolve into the human being that you're supposed to be and I'm going to put you in an uncomfortable position yet again where you have to navigate a new uncomfortable unknown you know time of your life so I'm just I'm just kind of like waiting for that I know it's right around the corner I know it (laughs) life is meant for you to learn every single day and there is no single key to navigating it but I have a few tips if you will so the number one is have fun. Don't take life too seriously because like the worst thing that you wanna do is look back on your life when you're 60 years old and be like, wow, I spent so much time worrying about my career and I didn't enjoy it while I was like happy and healthy and I had my friends around me. I think that would be my one of my biggest fears. And I know that I'm not doing that because I am living in the moment. So that is my advice to you is to just have fun. Don't take it too seriously. You are always going to have a job. And if you don't have a job, you can always find another one. But you can't always find another life. Once it's over, it's over. And so enjoy it while you have it. Um, Next one is surround yourself with people that you want to be like. Surround yourself with people that you're motivated by, that you're inspired by, that you think about that person. You just think such positive thoughts about that person. Like, wow, I want to be like them. They have all of these qualities and characteristics that I want to you know have myself and I think the more time you spend around people that are like that you kind of start to assimilate to it you start to be like them Um, I think it's really important to not find people that you look at and you're like I want to be like them in a competitive way I think letting go of that competitive nature is key and sometimes it's really hard to do especially especially when you are in like your post-grad years right after college and you have these friends and like you're really motivated by them, but they are, they're having all these successes and you see them doing really well. And then you get to a point where you're like, that's kind of annoying. And you think about yourself and you compare them to yourself. And you're like, why are all these good things happening to them, but it's not happening to me? Well, let me tell you, it's your mindset right there. That's why those good things aren't happening to you is because you have a negative mindset about it. And it's like, Ugh, they don't deserve it. I want that. I think that it's important to remind yourself, just like I said before that Tink said, had this point that like your friend's successes are your friend's success, are your own successes. It brings you up as a group because then it it kind of heightens your expectations for yourself. And I think that's a really good way to push yourself is just by surrounding yourself with those people that bring it out of you. And that takes that takes a long time. You don't just find them under a rock. If it was that simple... I don't know. You might not. I don't I don't really know where I was going with that, but it's not that simple. It's not like Patrick Star just living under a rock who's the most motivating person that you could just befriend and all of a sudden your life changes. <laughs> so it takes time and just be patient. You'll find those people. The next one that I have a key to navigating your, your post-grad years is to vocalize your gratitude. And I think that's really important. I've always been somebody that kind of just like bottles up my emotions, I think it's kind of awkward and uncomfortable to be like, okay, it's a lot easier to say it online than it is to say it to a friend in person or to say it to a boss or to say it to somebody like in real life. But I feel like saying it in real life is, like I said, so much harder that it's a little bit almost more meaningful. So I think it's important if you have those people in your life that you're really motivated by that are helping you get through this phase, to vocalize that because if you are that person for somebody else it makes you feel good to know that that yeah i just love that spread spread positivity and let people know that you love them and appreciate them that's one of my goals for 2022 i'm gonna gonna do a better job of that all right you guys back again with another episode that is sponsored by macy's i'm so excited about this If you didn't listen to my most recent episode, I'm gonna be working with Macy's this year to be talking about my favorite styles, trends that are happening, my favorite products that are out at Macy's right now. And going into the new year, one thing that I really recommend doing, something that I did was cleaning out my closet. I literally took five bags of stuff that I don't wear to Goodwill. I donated it and it was such a refresh. But then I was looking at my closet and I'm like, shoot, now I don't have anything to wear. And I know that may be hard to believe, but it's hard. Sometimes finding your personal style can be really difficult and it changes all the time. So if you need help with yours to feel your most confident self this year, you can go to macy's.com forward slash personal stylist, and they will help you figure out how you feel your most confident in 2022. Another one is to take accountability for your mistakes. Our entire life we are meant to make mistakes nobody is meant to be perfect and you're gonna make mistakes in your 20s you made mistakes in high school you're gonna make mistakes when you're an adult when you're a parent when you are retired when you're a grandmother you're gonna make mistakes forever and you have to be okay with that but you also should acknowledge them but more importantly is you should learn from them and i think that is truly the key to navigating life is making those mistakes that are detrimental to like where you're at and then learning from them to apply them so that when you are in a different situation you can look back and act a little bit differently and that is what really helps you grow okay (laughs) so now that i've given you my tips um like i said navigating life regardless of what stage you're in it's like a gps okay there's no specific route even your gps takes you off route sometimes but taking you off route you might discover a new park on the side of the road you might discover a new town you might pull over for gas because you're out of it and you might meet somebody new who changes your life and i think that's the most incredible thing about life is that you have to kind of let it navigate yourself There is no GPS. And even if there was one, it's still going to take you off track. So you have to let go of those expectations in your head that I want to do this at 25. I want to go here at 26. I think it's good to have those goals. But if you don't meet them, don't be upset and just realize that life is all about changing. So uh, one huge change with life after college is getting your first job. And I think this is one of the biggest parts about kind of navigating adulthood is that job because it's such a huge, huge change. For me, it was probably the hardest part. Um, So it's really great if you have a schedule because you're in a routine. College, you do have routine and you kind of get used to that, but it's a lot different. It's like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you have classes from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Or you have a schedule with your part-time job which is usually like at night, or it's during the day when you don't have classes. But I think working your first full-time job is kind of that like first hit of reality um, of where every single day, you know that you're gonna wake up at the same time and you're gonna do the same thing. and You're gonna sit in the same chair. And that can be really, really draining on your mental health. And my first job was at TikTok. I was working in advertising and I went to school for fashion. So let me just tell you, I did not go to school for what I was doing and that was a huge thing for me to like finally grasp and be okay with was not knowing what the fuck I'm doing. I didn't know acronyms, I didn't know what anything meant in the advertising space and my first couple months honestly up until the day that I quit I still didn't know what I was doing and I think that you have to acknowledge that that's okay people are hiring you knowing that you're coming out of college or you're coming from a different career and you're not going to know all the answers right away but i think in order to teach yourself you really need to lean on your co-workers um, who are maybe in the same position as you like for me uh, specifically i was hired at the same time as a few other people and we as a group would always ask each other for help and recognize too that it's not a bad thing to ask for help or to ask questions There's never a stupid question if that question is teaching you something new because it's helping you grow. Um, Another thing too is try to find a mentor. And this could be like a mentor in life. It could be a mentor in your career. For me, truly, I've talked about this so much, but literally Mike and Connor were were my mentors. Like I looked to them as two people that were older. I really aspired to like have their same mindset of life but also I respected kind of like what they've gone through and they could resonate with me, which was how I was feeling. And it helped me to know that there's other people out there that are going through the same thing. So finding those people that are kind of like those mentors for you is another really great way to kind of just navigate everything you're going through because it's a lot, it's overwhelming, but it's supposed to be because it helps you become an adult. It becomes who you are. So another thing about navigating your first job is um, time blocking your schedule. So for me, I was working from home and I had a really hard time with just staying on task. So there was one thing that we used, it was just um, basically in our calendar, you, you can block it off at any time during the day. So I have calls all day with clients and basically what I used to do was I would answer emails as they came I would fit calls into my schedule where it worked for clients. And then I would work on side projects in between. And then whenever I had downtime, I would do my own stuff that was personal. It was completely aside from TikTok. I can say that now because I don't work there, but I'm going to be honest with you. I took a lot of naps during my workday. I filmed a lot of my own personal TikToks during my workday. And because I knew I had a steady income, I was just kind of like, "Mm, I'm going to do the bare minimum. I wasn't passionate about it, so I just didn't want to do anything more. But getting back to that, um, a really great way to keep yourself on schedule and be the most efficient that you can, because I believe if you finish all of your tasks before 5 p.m., who cares? Like, you finished it. If you finish it at 2 p.m., then great. You can start your day at 2 p.m. and you can go out and do whatever you want. Be on call, of course. But I used to do that all the time. I'm like, I'm not sitting at my desk waiting for somebody to email me when I can take the email from my phone, obviously if you work in an office setting, this is just completely different. Um, But for me or for anybody who works from home or remote, that is something that I did do a lot. I'm guilty of it. (laughs) Um, But time blocking itself. So we were encouraged to basically say, all right, I'm gonna start my day at 9 a.m. and for the first hour, I'm going to block off my schedule and physically put it into your schedule, like write it off. Say I'm going to answer emails and once 10 o'clock hits you are not answering any more emails at all i don't care if you get 50 you're not answering the emails after 10 o'clock once it's 10 to say 2 p.m that's your time to do client calls or work on this specific project and that is like your dedicated time to it and then at the end of the day when you're wrapping up you give yourself one more hour to respond to emails so you can get your inbox to zero and if it doesn't get to zero and the in the time block is over, too bad get to it the next day because I think when your shift is over, for me, that was my time that I was just like, I'm out of here. I cannot sit in my apartment anymore. I was going crazy and honestly I called my mom like multiple times crying, I texted her like just saying I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm not good at my job because I don't even know what my job is. I went to college for something that's completely different than what this job is. And I'm not excelling and it's hard to see my coworkers that are doing really well. And I also don't want to talk about it too because like I don't want to complain about this job that I know that so many people would kill to have. But then also it's this sense of imposter syndrome where it's like why did I even get this job? Like I don't deserve this. There's hundreds of thousands of people out there with the actual qualifications that fit the basic needs of this job why was I hired just because of a TikTok resume and so the, all of those thoughts were going through my mind all day and if I wouldn't have gotten out of my apartment and literally had fun on weekdays I'm telling you like just shut off my computer and disassociate with work I think that I would have gone like crazy like those moments where I shut down my computer and I, I went for a walk or I went to a workout class, I met up with a friend for happy hour, I had friends over for bachelor on Monday, um, what else? I, I mean, I would do something almost every day and it was honestly in those moments on weekdays with my friends that I was navigating who I want to be. It wasn't the time that I was sitting at my desk and I was doing these tasks that like were so meaningless to me that I was figuring out who I am. That didn't tell me anything about who I am other than I don't wanna do this for the rest of my life. And that is powerful in itself too, it did teach me that. But I think we have to remind ourselves that your first job isn't always going to be your dream job. And also what you consider to be your dream job because let's remind ourselves, I thought that working at TikTok was my dream job. And then I got the job and I was in it and I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. I honestly, I really hated it, but I felt so guilty to talk about not liking it because I put it out into the world so much that it was my dream job. And then all of a sudden I get it and I'm like, oh, I hate it. I didn't want people to think that I wasn't grateful for it because I I was. It's just not what I envisioned myself doing. And so I think We have this expectation of what your dream job is and then you get it and it doesn't live up to it and then you're like well shit now what? And you have this moment where you're just like so lost and I think navigating your post-grad life you are meant to be lost so that you can find navigation. You know what I mean? That was like such huge metaphor but it's so true. So there's going to be a lot of things that you are also going to have to navigate in your post-grad life such as budgeting, trying to make sure that you can sustain your lifestyle, afford your rent, afford all of your expenses. Those are things that honestly just come with time. There's going to be a month where you're super short on money. I've had I've had that. There's going to be a month where you have some extra money so you want to go out, you want to travel, you want to do something fun to commemorate your your success. Do that. Definitely do that. Um there's going to be times where you just don't even know what you're supposed to do like a 401k the the greatest thing about not knowing what to do is that google does know what to do and all it takes is a quick google search for you to learn something and to figure out like how to do something and that's something that i've learned very hard if your friends don't know the answer your family doesn't know the answer google does youtube does so lean on that (laughs) another thing about like your job is like i said with comparison is the thief of joy don't compare your job to your friend's job because nobody's going to have the same interests like nobody wants the same the same goals and somebody may love their job and they may be making like very minimal money and somebody may hate their job and they're making a ton of money but like your success is not dependent on how much money you're making so keep that in mind too I think that it's really, really easy in your post-grad years because everybody's new to like the working environment, working full time that I think that you should talk about salary so you should know like when you're being underpaid and how you can ask for raises. I'm definitely not the person to, to ask for advice about that. I would love to have somebody on here to talk about asking for raises, asking for promotions because I think after college you kind of get into this, you know. This time where you've been at a company for a few years and like you know you're being underpaid but like how do you get to that next step? Personally for me, I was never given a raise, I was never given a promotion, and I think it was at that moment that I realized, all right, I'm not excelling, I'm not I'm not growing in this career at all. And so now it's just time to like start something new because I wasn't passionate about it to work hard enough to get that raise or to get that promotion. So that's okay. If you have a job that you don't like when you graduate, perfectly okay. You can be there for 3 months, you can be there for a month, you can be there for 3 years. It doesn't matter how long. I think going into 2022, my advice for you is if you don't like your job, there's always going to be another job. So, you can stay at that job until you find a new one or you can quit that job and it's perfectly okay to kind of be in like this limbo of until you figure out what you want to do. I'm I mean, I'm honestly doing that right now. Like, yeah, I was working full-time at TikTok and then I quit. And I do kind of see this like podcast stage as like my in-between because realistically, how long does a podcast last? I don't know. It lasts as long as people want to support it. And when I picture my life as a 40 year old, am I still sitting behind this microphone? I have no idea. I don't know. And so I do kind of envision, I mean, right now I'm at this stage in my life too, just like everybody else. I just don't know what I'm doing. But I'm taking every day as an opportunity to try to figure that out and to learn more about myself and to learn about what I want to do with my life and my time on this planet. It's not about what job do I want to have, what does my title want to be, how much money do I want to make. I think what I'm trying to figure out now and I think what a lot of us are trying to figure out is what impact do I want to make and what do I want my meaning of my life to be and the meaning of your life shouldn't be derived by a career. It should be something greater than that. Something that's more fulfilling because I mean a career can be fulfilling but there's just so much more to life than working. There is. Those are my thoughts on, on navigating like your first job It's just knowing that you might not like it. That's perfectly okay. If you don't, perfectly okay to find a new one. And if you don't enjoy it, that, and and you don't want to find a new job You just want to stay at it for a little while Don't make yourself miserable Go out after work, shut it off com- Like make your boundaries Stick to your boundaries And go have fun after you're off of work That's what I did And I still do that I'm not on my same 9 to 5 schedule But I can say that I, I'm on like a 24-7 schedule right now And I really need to remind myself To just shut it off And I can't do that because it's like my life revolves around my phone and it's really really hard to just like make that separation and i know that there's a lot of people that feel that same way so yeah jobs jobs are a tough one and i mean i can give you this advice but there's no single thing that you can do that's going to help you like reach reach success or like that navigation that you're looking for a lot of people after school they do so many different things um some people go straight to working they may live in their hometown some people live with their parents are saving money and they're searching for jobs Me personally, I can't talk, I can't speak on those specific situations because I wasn't in that, so I don't necessarily know what that's like or how to relate, but my sister did that, and she talks about it a lot in my previous episode about, you know, staying in Cleveland, living there for the past three or four years, living alone, Um, and she talks about that. I have my friend Emily Duggar talked about doing that as well, so you can listen to some other podcast episodes that I've done, and they talk about that a lot more. So I wanted to talk about my experience moving to a new city and how to navigate that, because it can feel very, very lonely, it can feel super overwhelming, and you can feel very homesick and isolated and just, there's almost so much to do that you don't know what to do, so you don't do anything. And my first advice to you is if you're moving to a new place is to just explore the city on your own, go for a walk. I mean, if it's safe, of course, don't don't go alone walking at night in the dark um do your research i watched so many youtube tour videos of austin this sounds so nerdy but i did i loved watching like travel bloggers or influencers who would go around and travel different cities and they would do like a little weekend there i loved watching that because it gave me an idea of you know like things to do around here i think also too I follow a lot of Instagram pages that are like city-specific events. So there's like when, where, what, Austin. And I get all of my ideas of like what to do during the weekdays from that page. They they post so much. There's also like stuff to do in Austin page. And I know that there's a lot of very similar pages in other cities too. So my recommendation would be to follow those pages. And like, put yourself out there. If you think it's an event that sounds interesting, but it's not necessarily something that you would typically go to, go to it anyway. And you can go to it alone, or you can find a friend on Bumble BFF, and you can go with them. Another thing that I did when I moved to Austin, which I've talked about this in another episode, was I joined, like I said, Bumble BFF, but I also joined um, some Austin-specific Facebook groups. And within there, it was mainly a lot of people who had just recently moved to the city or some people who had lived here for a while but just wanted to kind of like branch out and do something new. And that was a really great way to just kind of see the things that are going on in the city to kind of get a sense of like the people that live here and kind of like, you know, who could I see myself being friends with? And so I guess my biggest key to moving to a new city is really the people that you surround yourself with. You can live in a really crummy apartment and maybe it's like not your dream apartment but you can have the best experience And I think your experience in a city and your experience post-grad is understanding that there's people who are also in the same stage that have just moved here. They also don't know what they're doing. They also don't know the city. And so if you can find those people through things like social media, you can connect with them. That's your great opportunity to go explore. And finding those people is what's going to make this place feel like a home. It's going to make you feel comfortable. It's gonna make you feel safe. And those people are going to eventually feel like family when your family is so far away. And that's truly what I've found has helped me with like homesickness is finding people that feel like family. And on that topic too, navigating friendships post-grad, it's, it's hard. It's not as hard as people think to make friends, but what is hard is to make friends that are lifelong. And I think maybe I put a lot of pressure on that when I first moved here of like, I don't see this person being in my wedding, so like I'm not going to hang out with them again. And I think maybe I shut myself off a little bit, and that's one of that's one of my mistakes, but I think it's important to realize that like you can have friends for different reasons. I've said this multiple times. You have those weekday friends that you can call up at any point. They're your go-to person. You know they're gonna be down to do anything, whether that is just staying at your apartment. Literally, the friends that you can sit in a room with and you don't even have to talk to each other, but for whatever reason, their presence makes you feel safe, those friends, take a long time to find. And once you finally find them, it's really sad because like I said, everybody's on these different trajectories of life. So for me, that friend was Lily. And then all of a sudden she she gets a new job and she's advancing in her career and she's moving to a new city. So once you finally feel like you've found that person and they leave, it can be really hard to kind of try to replace them. But I think my point is that you don't have to Replace them as a friend. You can just find other people that you see those same qualities in and that's gonna take time Like it doesn't just come overnight. Like I said, it's not Patrick star living under a rock that you could just find them very easily so my keys to making friends is Put yourself out there and hang out with people that you don't think that you would necessarily like get along with Go on dates with people that are not necessarily your typical type. This is funny honestly go on hinge and meet up with some guys that have like a group of guy friends and all go out together and get some girls from bumble bff and get the girls together with the guys from hinge and it's a great way to just meet each other and you know the worst case scenario is you don't hit it off and you don't hang out with them ever again best case or you know on the flip side of that maybe they have a friend that they introduce you to that you really hit it off with or best case scenario they end up being in your wedding like you just don't know unless you try And I think it's a lot easier to complain about not knowing how to find friends than it is to just put in a little bit of work to find them. And it does take conscious effort because when you're post-grad, you're not seeing these friends in your classes in college. You're not seeing them on campus. You, You aren't seeing them at your sorority events. You're seeing them when you consciously make an effort to see them when you are both making plans to put aside time to see each other and weekdays, weeknights when you're off of work is literally the perfect time to do that and I think that's truly when I found my deepest friendships. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I've met a lot of people that I've gone out with on a weekend and I've had a great time and I've gotten shit-faced, and i and I've had a great night and it's funny and it's good memory but My truest friendships, honestly, are like Sarah Elizabeth. She just got married. She just moved to Florida. She's on a different trajectory of her life right now. She's navigating post-grad life. She's engaged. And I'm so happy for her. But we became like such good friends. I would go over to her house on a Wednesday night and she'd give me a facial. Or she would come over and we would watch Bachelorette and we would make buffalo chicken dip. It was those nights, putting work aside, having fun, just like being alone being present in on a weekday that I found those friendships and those friendships are what helped me navigate these past two years of my life these past two years of chaos since graduating college my other note that I wanted to make about like these conscious efforts to hang out is that it doesn't have to be something so elaborate like you don't have to make big plans to go out on a weekend and you can hang out on a weekend don't get me wrong like totally go do that but you can also do little things during the week. Like if you want to go to a workout class before, before work together, you can get up at 7.30 a.m. My friend Madison, who works 9 to 5, texted me last night and said, do you want to get up? And I'm like, oh, my God, I, I can't. I have so much stuff to do. But, like, you can hang out with your friends outside of, outside of work hours. You can hang out with them during lunch. You could go for a little walk. Or if you work a remote job, you could go meet up at a coffee shop. And I think just like seeing them during the week, it helps ground you so that you don't feel like just there's so much anticipation for the weekend that like that's the only time you get to have fun and enjoy your life that you can do fun things that are little and meaningful and impactful that help you discover who you are during the week. And I think that's all about what post-grad is. And my last thing that I wanted to say is if you haven't found your friends yet, don't worry you found me and I will be here for you in the meantime I truly feel like the community of people that I've built that follow me are like the nicest people ever I'm literally starting to tear up just even thinking about it so if you haven't found your friends I think that a lot of people who listen to me have so much in common and the fact that I've now created a Facebook group where you can all connect with each other is so cool for me to see there's a huge group of girls in Austin that are going to get wine tomorrow night There's girls in Houston who are going to a Taylor Swift bar crawl this weekend. There's girls in Tampa who all met up for for dinner one night. It's so cool to see that like if you haven't found those friends yet, join my Facebook group too. You may never know. You might find your best friends in there because at least you know you have one thing in common. And that one thing in common is that we all like to have fun on weekdays and we have this mindset of just wanting to live our lives to the fullest. So with that being said, I'm so glad you guys are here. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said, I'm trying to figure it out too. And I think to myself, like, who am I to give you advice on navigating post-grad life? I'm trying to navigate it myself. But I think the biggest key is finding people to navigate through it together. And I truly think genuinely that you and I listening, we're doing it together every single week on Tuesdays when we talk about things like this. Because it makes me feel comforted to know that I have people who are listening and feel the same way as me going through the same thing whether you're 18 years old or you're 30 years old we're all just trying to figure out life okay that's it oh my gosh I hope you guys enjoyed this episode um obviously I can't end it without saying what my fun weekday idea to do is so if you follow me on TikTok you know I've been struggling with my apartment um It's just such chaos right now, truly. I wake up every day and I look in my apartment and I'm just so stressed out because it doesn't feel like my space. And then I don't feel like I can complete anything because I'm not in a space that inspires me. So my my fun idea for you is kind of inspired by what I've been doing is to rearrange your apartment or your bedroom. Give yourself a new feng shui for the new year. Um, I think sometimes you get really comfortable in your space that you no longer feel inspired or motivated and so to just make like little changes, maybe swap out some decorations, maybe move your room around, maybe switch your rug a different way, I don't know, whatever it is, like those little changes kind of change your mood because the space that you live in has a lot to do with like your motivation to live life and stuff, so yeah, that's, that's my uh, recommendation. And I love the mood boards you guys are sending me too. That might be another, (laughs) might be another fun idea for you. If you want to send me a mood board and uh, send me how you think I should decorate my apartment, that could be another fun thing for you to do too. But regardless, thank y'all so much for listening in. Um, yeah, like I said, I hope you enjoyed this episode and that's it from me. I mean, I've done, what, 22 episodes now and I still never know how to sign off. So at this point, I'll see y'all next Tuesday.